1: Hello all and welcome to the Giants Splash. I'm Henry Shulman, the Giants beat reporter for The Chronicle, and today's guest is Farm Director Kyle Haynes. Kyle is back for the second of two podcasts talking about the minor leaguers who will be in Major League Spring Training with the Giants, which unbelievably is just a few weeks away. In the last podcast, we talked about prospects who are on the 40-man roster, and today we'll talk about the non-roster invitees, uh, a list that was formally announced just last week. And and Kyle, I think that uh, one thing we learned uh, after the first year under Farhan Zaidi uh, is that uh, you cannot underestimate or look past anybody that he brings in um, on, a, on a minor league deal uh, as non-roster invite because... Uh, you never know who is going to make it onto the big league club at one point or the other uh, during the season. And I think we saw with um, uh, Yastrzemski last year that uh, there might be a, a name of, uh, that comes across the wire, a transaction, and, uh, you know, you kind of look at it and you might glance away. Uh, but then, you you know, you really got to pay attention to these, don't
0: you? Oh, for sure, yeah. I think all of them are guys that we're hoping that uh, – you know, do some things like what the Dodgers have done with guys like Max Muncie or Chris Taylor, where, you know, maybe some players are overlooked and and written off and you go find a player that, uh, you know, can be an impactful player on your major league team, whether it be for two weeks or for two years. So, um, you're just looking for value anywhere you can get it.
1: Okay. Well, uh, let's just get right into it. And, uh, uh, well, I just did want to ask you something uh, first before I I got into some, any names, Um, you as we discussed in the last podcast, uh, you know, you, you are not the ultimate decision maker on, on who gets invited, who doesn't, which, who's on the 40-man roster, who, who's not. But I'm just wondering um, how much of a say um, you as the farm director kind of get in um, which non-roster invitees to bring in, uh, you know, to sign and bring in. I mean, are you consulted on some of these guys just for your opinion based on what you've seen about them in the past?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel blessed that, uh, you know, Farhan and, and Scott Harris, that they value us and, and, and uh, you know, they know that some of us work with these guys a lot and they're always sending out questions and, and, and asking us for, you know, what we think and, and then we talk about it as a group and, you know, that that's great to feel wanted and, and that your opinion uh, is, is needed and valued uh, whether they take it or not, but just. The fact that uh he's he considers myself and others like myself uh, for uh, these big decisions is uh you know it it, it helps um but uh because we definitely have thoughts on every guy that we have especially in our minor leagues because this is what we live for so um, been very fortunate that uh you know we get asked uh, some important questions and and then we're taken seriously okay so let's get right into it and
1: uh you know, a, a lot of the non-roster invitees are journeymen. Some of them have had uh, have been in the major leagues, but there's one name that stands out. Uh, he's he's probably the youngest uh, non-roster invitee that you're bringing in, and that's Sean Shelley. Um, he was the uh, second pick overall in the 2018 draft. Uh, I think as uh, people have started to figure out, he's a big fellow. He's six foot eleven, which would make him tied for the tallest pitcher in the major leagues. Um, if you know once he makes it uh, uh, what is it about sean uh, that stands out about some of the other young prospects that really made you guys want to see him in big league camp this year
0: well i, th- I think the entire pedig- pedigree uh, is a guy that uh, he-, he throws strikes he's got good stuff the uh, easiest thing to say is he's he's tall but even if he was six foot three i think he'd be you know a major league pitcher in- to some degree in his own right so Um, he he throws a hard sinker, he competes really well on the mound, and then he's just, he's always pitched well. He's the SEC Pitcher of the Year when he was at the University of Kentucky. Uh, He came in, you know, got his feet wet with us, showed a lot of good qualities, and then last year, um, you know, went and just seemed to get better with every month that he played and he's learning a lot, and uh, felt like it was a good step for him to go and learn and develop there for a few weeks there in Major League Camp before he comes back down to the Minor League
1: Camp. Right, and you talk about pitchers wanting to throw north to south. Uh, there, there's a lot of north there. I mean, does that height help a little bit in that sinker, just from where it comes out of a, a pitcher's hand at eye level before uh, you know, as opposed to where it lands? Yeah, I think it's a,
0: probably a, it's more unique because uh, – it's a higher release point, obviously, and a taller uh, taller guy for the hitter to, to look at. So when he throws that sinker, I mean, it, it's sinking from a higher spot than than a shorter guy. So right. definitely a unique look to him with his height added. Uh, but when you watch him pitch, and for those that have watched him pitch, he doesn't look 6'11 and, and goofy. He's a really athletic kid, and I think you'd probably look at him out there and not realize how tall he is until you see him just stand next to other people. He moves really
1: well on the mound. And uh, you know, people will look at him and think Randy Johnson, but he doesn't throw with Randy Johnson's velocity. Like you said, he's more of a sinker guy. Um, he's not in the upper nineties,
0: is he? No, he's more ninety three. Yeah. you're going to see ninety four, maybe even t- you know ninety five here and there. Um, maybe better on a good day, but yeah, he's more of a pitcher command, um, sinker, and a, a curveball. Whereas Randy was obviously a hundred from the left side with a power slider. So. Less power stuff, but he's definitely not a soft thrower by any means. Well, good. Maybe they, maybe we won't have John Kruk, uh
1: running back to the dugout when he stands in against him. Um, uh, another guy I wanted to ask about, uh, and this is a guy who's been in the organization a while, is Tyler Sear. Uh, he's 26 years old, uh, a relief pitcher, uh, and a very promising uh, a kid from Fremont here in the uh, in the Bay Area. A 10th rounder from 2015, who's had a little bit of an injury problem, but he had, he's had a pretty good bounce back season last year with Double uh, A, didn't
0: he? Yeah, he did. He missed uh, all of uh, 2018 with, the, with the, pretty much all of 2018 with the with the elbow injury. That now he's good. To go, and it was really nice to see him bounce back. Not only to the previous form, but maybe better. Uh, I think he's he's much better uh, now than he was even pre-injury, which you don't always see. So, um, yeah, I think he's on the radar and a guy that we want to see more of. And and uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised for him to to grab some some even more eyeballs than what he has uh, recently okay um the next guy uh he was on the 40-man
1: roster he was taken off but he agreed to re-sign. his name is rico garcia uh 25 year old and uh, another right-hander and i have to admit i really don't know very much about him he, he did have a couple of big league games with the rockies what should fans expect when they see rico garcia
0: take the mound uh, in spring training Yeah, I mean, he's more of a starter. So I don't know how many games he will actually get to start. Some of these guys that are kind of starters, uh, the tough part for them is they end up being relievers in major league camp. So you might not get to see really what, truly what he is. Um, But he's more of a starter profile and I would anticipate him being a starter for us uh, this coming season. Um, You know, more right now, I I think we just got to view him as depth piece and let's see what he's like in person to see, you know, where he fits in. But, you know, once again, I mean, Last year, you know, first of all, the Rockies minor league affiliates have the worst hitters environment, pitchers environments ever. Um, Albuquerque, Hartford, Lancaster, and the Cal League. I mean, these places are really hard to pitch in, and he's done a really nice job pitching in those environments. So he throws a lot of strikes, uh, and usually in those hitters environments, if you throw a lot of strikes, if you don't have good stuff, you're going to get destroyed. So uh, he's throwing strikes, and he's striking people out, and he's not getting hit hard in some really tough spots for pitchers to pitch. So I think, uh, you know, that's one thing to look at when you look at his numbers, uh, where he's doing it. And then, you know, from there, I think we're going to see more of a a starter and and not necessarily a power arm, but a guy that's a a starter. And for right now, you know, we're going to see where he fits in compared to the other starting pitchers in the organization in, in
1: spring training. Okay. Uh, The the next uh, one person I wanted to ask you about, I think he also originally came from the Rockies organization. He's 28, and I don't believe he's pitched in the majors. Uh, He's the only left hander in the group of 10 pitchers who are non-roster invitees, Sam Maul. Um, What kind of pitcher is Sam Maul? Yeah, Sam's
0: developed uh, more of a a hard sinker as well. Um, Not quite Zach Britton. I don't want to make those comparisons, but um, you know, more in that mold of a pitcher instead of a power uh, lefty or throwing sliders or anything. But uh, Hard Sinker, he's a guy that we picked up last year and he worked hard with some of our pitching coaches and, and worked on uh, some, some pitch design stuff on the side early in April. So that's why you didn't see him much pitch early. And they took it into the year and, and pitched really well uh, for us at the bullpen, mostly in Richmond, just because that's where the roster spots were with our depth and then uh, a little bit in Sacramento as well. And, you know, we'll see how it goes, but he's a lefty, and he's got good stuff, and he gets people out. So you can never have too many of those guys. Yeah, uh,
1: 42 strikeouts in 38 in the third innings uh, for Richmond in double-A. Uh, then even in a brief triple-A assignment, he struck out 12 in ten and two thirds innings and and I I, I have to say also in six games with Sacramento uh, he had a 1.69 ERA which to me is even more impressive than the 2.58 ERA in um, all the 35 games at Richmond because you know PCL is basically it's uh, it's wiffle ball Uh, so those numbers are are what caught my eye Um, I just have a a very few more uh, guys to ask you about Uh, we'll be back with Kyle Haynes the Giants farm director right after this Henry Shulman back with Giants Farm Director Kyle Haynes. We're talking about the non-roster invitees, uh, some of the minor leaguers who will be in in, uh, Major League Spring training. Um, Kyle's been kind enough to talk to us, give us uh, two podcasts worth of uh, insight. Uh, And we have a few more guys to ask about. Uh, I'm asking you about a lot of pitchers on these non-roster invites because, well, 10 of the 18 that you're bringing in are pitchers. Uh, So I I have two more pitchers I was hoping to ask about. Uh, Rafi Viscaino, he's a kid that you guys actually signed, uh, I believe, when he was 16 years old, um, you know, from Latin America. He's 24 now, uh, and uh, he's a reliever. Uh, I noticed he he threw about 62 innings last year. Was there any... uh, Uh, injuries involved or anything like that, uh, or was it just uh, kind of the organization deciding to sort of limit how much he was going to throw?
0: Well, you know, he he normally threw a lot more uh, because he was starting. Last year we shifted more to the bullpen and just tried to limit him to more shorter stints to see how his stuff would play uh, because we had a a thought that maybe getting him out of the starter and not having him throw so many things, the stuff would play up, and, and it did. Uh, he's, he's a power arm, he had a good breaking ball, he's got really good stuff um, you know, he's a plus competitor on the mound, got a lot of emotion to him uh, he, he, he loves to win, you know, he loves to compete, he loves to win and, and uh, he's still fairly young for us, and like you said, we saw him as an amateur I mean, uh, out of the international free agent market there and definitely a home, true homegrown guy um, you know, I managed him and, and really always just enjoyed all my interactions with him because I, I love how much he cares and He's obviously got great stuff, and it was nice to see him have that, that dominant stretch in San Jose and then you know learn some valuable lessons in the AA, and we're excited to see if he can take another step forward again this year, just like he did from, from 18 to 19.
1: Yeah, 74 strikeouts uh, against 35 walks in 62 and two-thirds innings. Uh, we, we haven't specifically, we've on purpose not really talked about where guys are going to start uh, roles and things like that, but uh, about him, uh, do you expect him to come into camp as a reliever again?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't anticipate reliever for him all the way.
1: Okay. Uh, the last pitcher I wanted to ask about was Sam Wolf. Uh, he's 28 years old, and uh, the Giants got him in the Matt Moore deal a couple of years ago, and it was a name that was, you know, I mean, it kind of raised some uh, hope when the Giants got him. He had a pretty good profile, uh, and then we really haven't heard about him very much. What can you tell us about the kind of pitcher Sam Wolf is and uh, what, you, what, you, where you see him?
0: Yeah, Sam is a guy that obviously you mentioned we acquired in the trade, and I think one reason we were able to get him was he was coming off right in the middle of actually, not just coming off, he was in the middle of uh, dealing with uh, an elbow injury, so in a way, we we traded for a guy who currently couldn't pitch, um, got him healthy, and then the stuff came back, um, so we were able to to maybe buy low on that trade uh, while he was hurt, Um, and uh, when he came back, the stuff's back, uh, he had a, he's just one of those guys that you just don't realize how good he is until you watch him for for longer stretches his stuff's really good um he's got multiple weapons he's got good off speed combined with mid-90s fastball Uh, he throws a lot of strikes and once again you know he he just seems to have a very consistent outing and very reliable and then just you know off the field obviously just a standout human being as well so i always love being around sam and and uh, everybody's always rooting for him. Uh, not that they aren't the other guys, but uh, Sam very popular in the locker room with the with the guys. And uh, I think he's going to be a guy that uh, people are going to be pleasantly surprised about. Uh, yeah, and last year in
1: Richmond, 1.78 ERA in 25 games um, as well. He is a reliever again, right?
0: Yes, yeah, 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 a reliever all the way.
1: Okay. Now, um, that's it for the pitchers on the uh, non-roster invite side. I wanted to get into uh, a couple of position players, a few position players here. There are a couple of catchers that uh, you've brought in. Uh, one of them uh, automatically has the best name in the organization right now. I will I will give him that victory right now. He's a catcher named Chadwick Tromp. Uh, people call him Chad. He comes from um, the Netherlands Antilles, and... Uh, he is fairly young for a non-roster invitee. He's 24 years old, had a, uh, some shoulder trouble, I believe, with the Reds. Uh, I, I take it that, uh, you know, uh, given that uh, you picked him up, that you feel that uh, maybe there's an upside there when he's healthy, right?
0: Yeah, just catching is just hard to come by in general and to find a guy that uh, is still inexperienced that we can mold and, like you said, you know, end up being 25 years old this season at some point. And can provide us some offensive of value as well. It, you know, these are the guys you're always looking for. Um, and then to uh to realize with the age and, and you know, basically the upper level experience that he already has, that it's a it's a nice it's a nice step piece and you know, once again you get him in here and and see how he mixes in. But we're we're from afar we've always enjoyed watching him play and, and you know, for him to be a free agent at a young age is is pretty rare. So that was a, a nice, nice find by the Scouting Department.
1: Yeah, uh, he did, he did uh, reach triple-A. Uh, he was with uh, Louisville last year in the Reds organization. Uh, a lot of these guys, uh, a lot of the younger guys have not reached triple-A yet. He hit uh, two eighty six. again, another guy with a high on-base percentage, .389. Uh, and he slugged uh, six ten, which is kind of a little eye-opening in uh, in 26 games for louisville i mean that league the international league is not the pacific coast league in terms of the bandbox ballparks um the other catcher that you're bringing in is a non-roster uh, invitee uh and, and again joey bart is coming in as a non-roster invitee um i don't know, know that we need to really talk about him because uh, i mean everybody kind of knows the situation with uh with joey but the other one that people don't know about his name is tyler Heineman. Very unusual to have a switch-hitting catcher. Uh, I'm not sure why uh, you don't have a lot of switch-hitting catchers, but it is unusual. What can you tell us about him?
0: Yeah, Tyler was originally with Houston for a long time and uh, and then and then bounced to the last couple of years to a different couple of different teams and finally made his big league debut last year, but mostly has been at the upper levels of the minor leagues. Um He's always had good at bats. Um, you're probably not going to see a lot of raw power out of him. I wouldn't anticipate, but you're going to see doubles. You're going to see a guy that's on base a lot, and you know, a, a dependable player behind the plate who, who has a chance to, to really, um, you know, you know, maybe maybe challenge for uh, you know time in San Francisco at some point this year and and see where he's at i know we we like him uh, a lot um he actually played for my brother in the arizona fall league oh really? one year about five or six years ago yeah and uh, I, I remember him that's that's not the reason we signed him by any means but i just kind of remember seeing him whenever i visited and, and always kind of liked him personally and i was really excited that uh you know far and and others and zach manassian and, and these guys uh was able to uh, go go get him and, and really like him okay uh, one last
1: question about the two catchers um uh, this is kind of a very important as we've learned with Buster Posey, uh, after watching him for a decade. But you know there are some catchers who are uh, really good offensively, maybe maybe not as good on the defensive side. Some are the other way around. It's the the rare catcher who is a really good hitter who uh, you know provides sort of Gold Glove quality on defense. Where do Trump and Heinemann sort of stand in their defensive profile? Well,
0: I, I think we both we like both defensive profiles, and that's a big part. I mean, it's easy to look up the. You know the baseball reference or Fangraphs page on their offense, but um, you know in general when we're talking catching. You usually want to start with the with the defense and then and then work to the offense next, so to speak. And and these are guys that we feel can can more than adequately hold their own behind the plate as, as a major league players uh, for us to even start to consider them. And then and then the offensive profile uh, is is the bonus that separates them from others. Okay. Um, and then the last player I was hoping to
1: ask you about is an outfielder. And uh, when, I, when I look at a non-roster uh, outfielder and, and see that he's 24 years old, it kind of raises my eyebrows a little bit. Uh, not raises my eyebrows, raises my interest, because uh, this is a definite area of need for the Giants, a right-handed hitting uh, outfielder. And his name is Jamie Westbrook. I believe you got him. Uh, well, he was a minor league free agent, and you signed him to a minor league deal. Uh, he was with the Diamondbacks. Uh, what can we expect to see from Jamie Westbrook? I imagine we'll see him get some innings in the outfield this spring.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we're all curious to see that because he was a talented player coming out of high school in the in the Phoenix area. There, that's why he's a minor league free agent so young because he signed his original contract so young, and you know, he's got good tools. He can, he can run a little bit, uh, not a burner by any means, but but he can he can hold his own with, with his foot speed. He's got some power. He can hit some doubles. He's done a little bit of everything. I think what you're starting to see is, is just more well-rounded players when we talk about a lot of these guys. And, and we're hopeful that uh, you know, he fits that as well, just a well-rounded player that, that can do a little bit of everything and not necessarily lean on one standout skill. But uh, I think we're all looking forward to uh, you know, now seeing these guys more up close and not necessarily have to look at them you know, as a member of a different organization and wonder... And, uh, more of the final details about where they fit into our plans so now to get them in our system and, and see how they compare to our guys and, and where they fit uh, in, in this big you know roster construction move
1: okay well listen you have been very generous with your time uh doing these two podcasts i probably kept you longer than i should have uh but we really appreciate it i think that the fans are going to get a lot out of this so uh, when they do start listening to the games and coming to the games they'll have a little bit of insight on on some of the players that they are seeing and i just want to thank you again for uh the time that you took to spend with us
0: Uh, no problem thanks for having me i always love talking giants baseball that's for sure okay kyle thank you
1: Thank you for listening to this Giant Splash podcast. We'll have more in the lead up to spring training and, of course, many podcasts once we get to Scottsdale, Arizona, in February. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is editor-in-chief. If you like this show, please subscribe, tell a friend, or give us a review. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. You can find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe. If you want to find me on Twitter, I am at Hank Shulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com.